The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey, it's the Monday edition of the 630 Chad Afternoon News. Hope your weekend was great. It's Jaylen Nye, Andrew Gross. Hey, how are you doing? Good, what's shaking, bud? (laughs) So much, so much going on to the Gross uh, household. So much. It's very exciting stuff. So I was going to, I thought perhaps you would ask, and perhaps you still plan to, how Kate O'Kalen was over mm. the weekend, but I have more pressing information for you. Oh, <laughs> so I, I woke up this morning uh, to pandemonium. Pandemonium? Pandem- pandemonium. It was pandemonium in, in the gross household. Oh, no, what happened? Well, there was a heavy high wind last night, and uh, there was. You perhaps slept through it. And, and apparently uh, it grabbed one of our... You know, we uh, just redid the deck. Yes. And uh, Carol went out and shopped relentlessly for just the right furniture for the deck and uh, and found a set that we've been thoroughly enjoying for days now. And apparently, um, what is it the media people always say um, when they're accused, but, uh, you know, they're not... Allegedly. Allegedly, the wind, the, the high winds, allegedly the high winds grabbed one of the cushions... Oh, yes. ...and took it. Just oh, took yeah, it. Oh, yeah, that happens. Yeah. So we didn't know that. So I got up this morning prepared to get ready for this show and Carol met Carol in the kitchen who told me, well, this cushion's missing. So I want to be the hero that finds the cushion. So out we go into the neighborhood and uh, we assume, you know, based on uh, preliminary (laughs) testing, that uh, the wind direction is this and the velocity is that. Probably up in the air, went into a backyard. So now we're walking up and down back alleys. Mm. We're, we're climbing fences and mm. peering into people's backyards. We're looking between the cracks and we're, we're trying everything. And then, you know, I said to Carol at one point, I, I said, well, maybe it's on a roof or perhaps it's, you know. And she said, well, how could it be? And I said, well, honey, if it's not where you're looking, it has to be somewhere else. Right? So now we panned out a little bit, and I took the car and started driving, you know, just... It's a lot of work for a little black cushion. Casting the net a little wider with each pass of the neighborhood until I was basically, you know, out of Twilliger. Now just thinking, okay, well, it could be in Calgary for all I know. So, And and Carol, meanwhile, has taken a picture of the uh, furniture with the missing cushion, and she's printed it and posted it. On, on the mailbox, on those super boxes in Twilliger, <laughs> three on each mailbox, and <laughs> yeah, and she sent one to me too. She did, and uh, yeah, I came back and said, "Well, do you know what we need to do is get on social media." So I tweet if you know if you happen to see this cushion, you live in the Twilliger town area, um, here it is, and then I shared that on Facebook and I put it out there in every way I could, mm-hmm. and and whoever's email I had from my neighborhood because some of my neighbors have emailed me about different things. I emailed them, be on the lookout for this. Um, and the, the search continued until I was out of time, until basically it was like, look, i got to get ready for this show. Like I, And you know, I just showed up. I just showed up seconds ago because I was rushing to get the show prep done, and we didn't find the cushion. Now, when I got to work, I now see an exchange on Twitter between my son, my daughter, and me, because I had put it out there on Twitter. My son apparently moved the cushion about two feet. He had gone out earlier, apparently, or last night, I'm not sure, and he had taken the cushion and put it at the end so he could put his head on it. And if you look at the picture that's been posted on my Twitter account, it shows the cushion we're missing. <laughs> there is no cushion that goes at the end. 
but Carol, me, Maddie, everyone came out and all they saw was that spot where a cushion should go without realizing the cushion we're looking for is in the picture. It's it's this cushion. It's right that here. cushion right there. You just move it to the right, <laughs> 18 inches, <laughs> and the patio furniture is complete once again. Observant. <laughs> we, which is why none of us make our living as detectives. Mm, mm. I don't know how I didn't notice that. I didn't. We didn't look at the other. There, it's a an L-shaped couch. If you looked at the other end of the couch, there is no cushion at the end. So I said to your wife yesterday, <laughs> yes. you must be enjoying your patio. I get a text this morning at 11 o'clock. It's great. Just got to plant some more shrubs, then I'm done. Maybe set up our crappy fire bowl. I'm currently searching for a seat back cushion that is missing. Blown away, I'm guessing. But to where to? Not in our neighbors or, neighbors, or in the front yard or the drug dealer's backyard. <laughs> We're scared. But yeah, you're right. It's right there. It's right there in the picture. I got a... Uh I got a tweet. <laughs> I'm like, seriously, for all of that, you just go buy another black well, cushion. Well, I said to her, let's just go buy the cushions you wanted then. Because, you know, there was some dispute yes, over yes, what. And I said, yes. let's, this, let's use this as an opportunity to get the cushions that you wanted. <laughs> and, and, and she's like, no, you know, it's such a waste of money. And she's very frugal, my wife. Okay, but no, we're, your she, time, though. <laughs> I, I know. She's online getting hold of the company that manufactures the cushions to see if they'll ship a single cushion to us or if we, if we can buy a mm. set. She's... The effort she put into it, I got a tweet from one of the producers at, at CBC Radio, who lives in my neighborhood, who also lost something that was mm. like, hey, well, while you're looking, Take if you happen to see my flip-flops, <laughs> man, I don't even... So here's the thing. Yeah. You might want to get a little um, box to put all that stuff in during a storm. We do. Oh, okay. But it didn't actually move. Like the cushions, I know. the throw cushions mm. are all in a box. The lanterns are all in a box. Like we put them all away in the shed and, and in anticipation of either rain or wind. It was just that we didn't oh, think okay. that the seat cushions could possibly get picked up yeah. by the wind, which they didn't. Yeah. No, they didn't. They were just moved by they your They were son. just moved 18 yeah. inches. The last thing I did this morning was pack up all of our stuff. Yeah. Because it just dried out. From the, from the storm on Friday. Right. Right? So just packed it all up. But, uh, mm, tricky. The the effort that we put into this. And, and you know, I somebody texted, hey, people put less effort into finding a dog. True. Although if it were our dog, we would put mm-hmm. an equal amount of effort. The thing is, you know, the old happy wife, happy life. She looked like somebody, she looked like your best friend broke up with her. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want, because you know how much effort she's yeah, put she's into this. she's working really hard on that. And it looks brilliant. And everything matches and it's perfect. And then there's this cushion missing. Ugh. So it's just Hunter said, no, I just moved it? Yeah, Hunter was in bed. <laughs> he just woke up, saw the, my tweet, and uh, texted uh, mm. mom, to, to Carol, to say... Uh, I don't know what you're smoking, I but it. I want some. Ugh. Hey, Andrew, weed's not legal till October from Trent. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing my butt off. The cushion story is a great example of never laying blame until you know the whole story. That's sure. from Ida. Very true. Yeah. Carol was just upset. Mm. And she had phoned the store. They won't sell her a cushion. No, you have to usually buy them. You could probably go to the Canadian Tire and get a plain black cushion over there, though. Perhaps, but if it wasn't identical. I know. know. So, Kato Kalen, 
Oh, yeah. What about him? Interesting weekend. That yeah. guy is uh, quite interesting. Uh, do you know, uh, and I knew, knew this going into it, uh, but I have an explanation for it now. It was one of those aha moments during it. And I, and I was on stage at the Laugh Shop with Kato Kalen. Mm. It wasn't a comedy show. It was a live interview, right, which I've never done before. So I was uh, I was interested to see how that would turn out. I'm, I'm quite happy with the results. Um, but at one point, do you remember the prosecutor was Marsha Clark? Mm-hmm. And uh, Kato Kalen was a witness for the prosecution mm-hmm. in the trial of O.J. Simpson. And uh, one of the things that he pointed out was that, or I pointed out to him, is that Marsha Clark uh, petitioned the judge to make him a hostile witness. And it's an odd move, given that it was her witness. Mm -hmm. And usually, uh, well, typically when you make somebody hostile, they're given more latitude to be more aggressive with the questioning, right? And uh, I asked, why were you made a hostile witness? He goes, to this day, I don't know. Mm. And I said, oh, good. Well, I'll tell you why. because it was clear to me why, at 30 minutes into talking to him, 15 minutes into talking to him, he cannot focus on a single train of thought. Mm. Like, he goes off on tangents, he tells stories, which is entertaining to the crowd, but as an interviewer, you're mm. trying to get the answer yeah, to your question, track, yeah. right? And keep it focused and in a logical order. So I told him that that's the reason. And it's not a criticism, it's an observation. It's how your mind works. Like, you, one idea spurs another and another and another, and I'm actually quite guilty of that myself, so I recognized it readily in him. The one piece of information I did not know prior to the trial, or prior to this conversation with Cato, was that Ron Goldman and uh, Nicole Brown were uh, romantic. Mm. And the story I've always heard um, was that she left her glasses behind at a restaurant, that he took them to her house, and it was just unfortunate timing. Um, he did do all of that, but uh, Cato know, knew Nicole very well. Mm-hmm. That was his friend. He knew Ron Goldman as mm-hmm. well. And um, that Ron had to work, and he used that as an excuse for a little rendezvous with oh, Nicole. There you go. Yeah, but they had been romantically involved for some time. Well, there had always been allegory, suspect, yeah. Uh, suspicions, yes. Hmm. Yeah, it was an interesting conversation. And, and you know what? An interesting experience. And like I texted you when I got home, it's really nice to take two skill sets and combine them and see if you can make it work. I'm, we avoided stand-up comedy at all costs because <laughs> his stand-up comedy is very bad. Very bad. <laughs> <laughs> his conversation is far more interesting. Mm. He's a very, very interesting guy. Yeah, that's what a number of the folks around here who had interviewed him said. Actually, he was, but said, yeah, he tries to control the situation. He and very much so. so yeah. uh, I still just can't believe that anyone. So, sorry, without yeah, any, no you know, uh, that anyone would go to pay to would go to pay money to go listen to him talk. He, well, he. It's a funny thing, and I've not seen this before, but I'm sure it's out there for a number of people. He has a cult following. Mm that has not waned since the trial. There's there's people who would have bought that ticket had he just shown up and posed for a picture. Yeah. They, they had some interest in listening to him speak and answer questions, but they had more interest in simply meeting him. Like, I think actually, in hindsight, and I believe the GM of the club would agree with me, if you'd have just booked a regular comedy show, yeah. uh, but there was a meet and greet with, with him, Kato Kalen, it would have been fine. Hmm. And he could have got up and done 10 or 15 minutes of comedy and then posed for pictures. I think everyone would have been happy. But it really challenged my skills. I'll tell you what, at times I wish you were there. Because we double team Mm -hmm. most interviews. And and we have this sort of system of communication between the two of us where I want to continue to pursue something so you allow it and vice versa. Or you will bring the person back or... I ask a follow-up question to your question. Yep. And, but when you're by yourself and this guy's done a 1,000, 10,000 interviews, 
He's slick. And his answers, you can tell his answers have been given well, hundreds of times oh, they're before. Oh, pre, they're pre-packaged, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you I, you have to pay exceptional attention. Yes. Yeah, you, you do. really do. Yeah, and, and sometimes with us, if, if if it's two people, one person can do something else, find something and whatever, right. but you can't do it like that. No, it's one-on-one is... Yeah. Is, I, I think it's something uh, the club lot. may uh, pursue oh, cool. as a series down mm. the road because it was it was well attended and it was it went well. Good, good, yeah. good, good. So there's that. There's that. Hmm. Somebody wants us to talk about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, yeah. I had Ryan talked about her a lot this morning. He did. I just watched her on uh, on uh, CBC here. She looks uh, very tired today. <laughs> it's I been a rough imagine. weekend for. Her. Well, you know, there's a couple of stories that Ryan tackled this morning that I know are in our list of stories mm. as well. The waitress who, or not the waitress, the uh, golf uh, yeah. and country club uh, bra situation, that kind of thing. I don't know that I honestly have a lot to add to what I heard on Ryan's show. I actually quite agree with Ryan on the bra thing. Perhaps you don't, but I, well, I didn't listen to um, I didn't listen to what he said about the bra thing. Well, basically, it comes down to this, and and the story is what it's a Soyuz. I yeah, think, here. Uh, why don't we just take okay. a break and we'll we'll tee it up after. All right. Okay, so here's the story out of B.C. where a woman, a 25-year-old woman, is filing a human rights complaint against her former employer uh, on the grounds that the management insisted that she wear a bra during her shift. Listen to this uh, report from Shelby Tom. Degraded, um, like I like I'm just waiting for my right to vote to be taken away. Yesterday, Christina Shell was a waitress at the Asuyas Golf Club restaurant. Today, she's filing a human rights complaint. I never thought I'd have to face this. Um, I'm angry more than anything. The 25-year-old started her serving position just three weeks ago. She says she does not wear a bra for health reasons. Shell's braless appearance in this uniform prompted complaints from customers. She claims management then attempted to have all employees sign this dress code agreement, which includes women must wear either a tank top or bra under their uniform shirt. She refused to sign it. I don't think any other human being should be able to dictate another person's undergarments. Shell says she feels like she was forced out of the job for refusing to comply with what she views as a sexist dress code. If you do not sign this, I cannot continue to go forward. And I said, what does that mean? Does that mean you are amending this agreement or not? And he said, no, I'm not. And got up and I was without a job. General Manager Doug Robb declined our request for an on-camera interview, but says via email that he's not at liberty to discuss confidential employee matters. A Kelowna employment lawyer we spoke to says gender-specific dress codes can be viewed as discrimination under the BC Human Rights Code. If this policy is is found to be discrimination. The next question is, is, does the employer have a bona fide occupational requirement to essentially impose this on the individual? And, you know, I'm kind of scratching my head as to what that occupational requirement would be. Shell says she doesn't want her job back. She just wants to raise awareness. These things happen and these things aren't right. Shelby Tom, Global News, Asuyas. There you go. So um, the the option was a tank top or a bra mm-hmm. underneath her uniform. She um, decided... Neither. For health reasons. Bra for health reasons. Mm-hmm. So, again, I'm not a bra wearer, but here's my thought on it. Do you want my thought on it? Sure. First of all, I think an employer can dictate what an employee wears. But as far as the argument, I, I by the way, I don't think the employer should have gone back and tried to get her mm. to sign a retroactive agreement. That's yeah. a little sketchy. But 
her um, defense or her um, assertion that it's a health thing. So if in if, it, if it's a health thing, then you need to get something from your doctor saying that it's a health thing. Or don't take that job. Yeah. If you take a job as a server and say, well, I'm not able to hold trays because I have weak wrists. Well, then what are you doing taking a job yeah. as a server? If you're saying that I can't conform to what my employer would like me to wear because it's a back problem, then you're probably not appropriate for that job. Yeah, I guess, I mean, it's it's the, the, the and the difference being the uniform, she's wearing the uniform, the shirt, the skirt, the fine, it's it's the undergarments. And that's when you get to it, you know, when you tell someone what, what kind of bra and underwear well, that they because can it's because it's underwear, right? I mean, that's, yeah, that's the right. issue. That, right. And that, that is uh, the yeah. issue. This is how I feel about it. Um, I, 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 uh, I, I've worn a bra since I was ten years old, Andrew. Me too. I've worn a bra since I was ten years old. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I love going home at the end of the day and taking my bra off because it yep. feels really good when I take my bra off. Sure. I can't imagine. But I'm also a big-breasted woman. I can't imagine going to work without a bra on. To me, it is not dress appropriate. It is not um, appropriate for my workplace. And that's how I feel about right. it. Right. And what you do in, you, and pri I, and in the privacy of your home is up whatever. to you, right? And, yeah, if and again, depending on where you're working, and if you don't want to wear a bra, it's your job. And if it's, depending on where you're working, it's if it's okay, just to me, um, and I know uh, there's probably women out there that I'm going to get, um, you know, really ticked off on, on this. I just think... Um, Let's put it, it would be a distraction. Mm -hmm. If I was working at that restaurant and didn't wear a bra in that top, it would be an uncomfortable distraction for, for them and me. That's and, how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, uh, well said. And you know what? Again, and I often come back to this when we have conversations about human rights and about tribunals, that I think it takes away from legitimate concerns mm. with regard to women in the workplace when you say that this is the hill we're going to die on, is that the employer would like their employees to look sharp. Yeah. I mean, if it was a man instead and, uh, you know, sweatpants was the uniform, but he never wore underwear, and they said, hey, listen wrap it up a little bit there. I don't know that we'd be having the same conversation. Women and men both would be like, yeah, obviously. It's a funny thing, sweatpants and underwear. It's a pet peeve of women, I've been told, that, hey, put underwear on where guys like just, you know, going a little, uh, what's that called? Loose. Loose, Commando. yeah. Commando, right. But, you know, I think it's, it, employers yeah, have the right to dictate. Back, yeah. it, it goes back to the to the underwear thing. And, yeah, I just like, oh, you have to wear a bright white bra and it has to be this and it has to be that. Well, no, it can't be that. But I just, to me, expectations in a, in a public, uh, in, in a place like that. Um, it feels like pants to a meeting to me. It feels like another one of those. Well, we didn't have a rule about wearing pants to a meeting. We just thought everyone would. And, and maybe it's not as clear-cut as that, but she's been there three weeks. She's 25 years old. It's a part-time job, and she doesn't want to wear a bra mm -hmm. because of health reasons. So it's the wrong job for her. And that's yeah, it. Someone said uh, here, my first wife couldn't wear a bra because of bad circulation. It caused bed sores around the straps and, and where the hardware is. Then don't yeah. take a job where you're required to wear a bra. Like I say, if the ailment I mean, instead were, thing, are were you, weak are wrists, you, are you, you know? you, she wasn't required to wear a bra officially when she started there. So, yeah, it was a misunderstanding, yeah. right? The employer did not have that. And that's where I think the employer erred in terms of wanting her yeah. to sign a retroactive agreement that this was the dress code. Yeah. That but this has happened a couple do. of times now. This is this is not the first uh, no-bra-wearing no bra waitress that, we've, um, that, that this story has... 
Um, no, but it, it was a couple of years ago. But then there was the shoes the high thing. Heels, the yeah. whole, the high let me ask thing. you a question. You've hired people, I'm assuming, at some point or interviewed. No, no. Oh, okay. No. Well, if you did, because mm-hmm. and I don't know that this happened, but I'm just curious. If he if he interviewed her for the job and she wasn't wearing a bra, and he said, you know what, you're perfect for the job, but I'll need you to put a bra on. Would you have a problem with him saying that during the interview process? Yeah, I don't think you can say that. <laughs> so therein lies the problem, yeah. right? You just sort of, I guess, assume that, well, listen, you're going to dress respectfully mm-hmm. or, or whatever, right? I mean, I, w- I wouldn't have thought to ask if I was hiring her. I mean, if she in the interview was not wearing a bra, I would not have hired her because I would assume if she doesn't wear a bra to a job interview, she's you're probably not going to yes. wear one to the job, yeah. right? But I don't know the circumstances mm-hmm. of her hiring. I just I, w- I just want human rights tribunals to really deal with human rights. That's what I, I want. I, I, I don't want it sinking into this what I believe to be a minor a minor point. Because she can go get a job somewhere else that doesn't mind she doesn't wear mm-hmm. a bra. I mean, was this her lifelong dream to work the golf cart at a Soyuz? But anyway, it's um there have been Two occasions in my entire life that I've had to go to work without a bra on. Oh, what were they? Um, when I got a really bad burn on my back, and because mm-hmm. I have a skin condition, and it yeah. triggered everything, and I couldn't wear one. I had so many layers on. <laughs> Things were being <laughs> held down. Like nobody's missed but a tank top on as well. Right? Yeah. But, you know, there's... <laughs> yeah, that's just... Mm. You move too quickly. Yeah. Someone can get hurt. Oh, well, I know it, sister. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.